The Agora podcast is covered by a BIPCOT no-gov license. Use and reuse is free and encouraged by anyone except governments or their agents. Find out more at BIPCOT.org. If there's girls still growing up in this world to believe they can't sing rock and roll, I don't want to live in this world anymore. Three, two, one. All right, folks, welcome back to the Agora podcast. It's Penguin here. It's your home for agorism, localism, anti-authoritarianism, and radical decentralist topics. I'm here with my co-host, Sek Magora, and uh, we're recording, as usual, with the cool guest of ours. Um, Sek, if you don't have any announcements, take it away with our guest. Uh, no, no announcements. Um, well, today we're bringing uh, our homie on. Uh, Ray from uh, the Let's Make Some Shit podcast, and funny thing, I have um, I have a calendar for the podcast with all the guests, and Ray is was on the calendar as uh, the the phonetic spelling of the way my daughter says her name, which made me laugh. So I can't say it here, but it's funny. Um, so Ray, welcome. What's going on? Not much, man. Thanks for having me back on. Excited to talk about some shit. Talking about some shit. Um, <laughs> so what we're doing, this is an, oh, for anybody listening, this is another uh, Women in Anarchism. This is another part to our Women in Anarchism series. Um, so she, Ray's going to be the second part in that series. Um, let's get right into it, man. Like, um, Tell us about you, uh, your backstory. Like, uh, how did you come to anarchism? What um, what did you believe before that? And that kind of stuff. Go. All right. So I was born on February. Just kidding. Um, so my parents were both Republican. Um, and neither of them were particularly political, though. You know, like it just didn't come up a lot so politics weren't really a big part of my young adult life um and then you know you start to get a little older and you know rebel against your parents and everything and be like yeah you know I don't want to be like my parents you know I don't want to be a Republican and so I guess I soft identify as maybe a Democrat but I mean to be honest like back then I didn't really even know what either of them was and nor did I really care and um, if you've heard me on any of the other uh, times you've had me on, I'm, I'm sure a lot of your guests know that I struggled with uh, addiction, um, you know, in my younger younger years. And that just kind of totally consumed my life, you know, during that whole period of my life. And again, like, not only did I not really care about politics, but like, I did not care about what was going on in the world, <laughs> like really at all. And um, so I did go to college, um, and graduated and everything. And so I, I guess I started down, you know, I had that kind of left influence and maybe picked up some things and through my years in and out of treatment facilities and kind of in, you know, NA meetings and taking that victim mentality, you know, it definitely was kind of 
and my eyes were kind of starting, my life was kind of starting to go down the right direction, you know, and some of these things were starting to become, you know, a little bit more important in my life. And I definitely started going down, you know, the, the Democrat path thinking, you know, like, oh, we got, you know, we got to help all these sick, you know, poor people. And, um, you know, and it definitely kind of, you know, had that attitude that they have, you know, <laughs> always embarrassed to say that that's, you know, where I was headed, but, uh, you know, I'm talking about, um, but so, but I still like it, you know, I didn't really, really ever care. And, um, so then, uh, my husband's sister, um, started going to school for economics and, um, actually like, I think they're like friends with Bob Murphy and so through her, she kind of started influencing, you know, recommending readings and things to read for my husband. And, you know, it, it kind of, he started on that path, you know, a little before I did, because it took a while of listening to him rant and rave about how much he hates the government, you know, every day before I kind of really started listening and opening my eyes and, you know, paying attention and then kind of started pick up some of those concepts and things for myself and taking responsibility for those things and implementing them into our lives. And it's just kind of been, you know, uh, started out as libertarians, you know, and then it was not long after we kind of started identifying as anarchists. And it was even another short period before we decided that, you know, agorism is kind of really the lifestyle that we have been living through the homestead and, you know, other things. Um, so that's how we kind of ended up at agorism. And so I would say that Dag was kind of a big influence, you know, because I feel like he was kind of right ahead of me in all those things and kind of like showing me different things and different people to listen to. Um, but it kind of always has been big for me to interpret things kind of the way I see them and not kind of fall into one way of anarchy or agorism than another person. And I know like in the libertarian community, there's kind of different groups, you know, and sometimes there's issue between the different groups. And I just really try to stay out of that. Um, and just kind of keep looking for people who are my people that are out there kind of doing the things, you know, like y'all and, uh, and resonance, you know, and so along that journey, um, you know, kind of started picking up new skills and also kind of getting out of addiction and kind of start picking up hobbies again and things that I enjoy doing that I just could never find the time or mental capacity to really focus on, you know, in the past. And, kind of really developing a thirst to learn new things. And then, you know, once the, you know, scamdemic hit and kind of really shattering faith and just that society will be the way it is in the near future, you know, and kind of realizing how important it is to learn some of these basic skills that maybe our, our parents or grandparents and earlier, you know, the, all that information was just kind of passed down, you know, and these were things that everybody just knew that, you know, over the last hundred years, we kind of just lost touch with and just kind of, you know, learning how to do those things. And so when Resonance and I decided to start a podcast, kind of basically 
teaching some of these things that we've learned to other people that, you know, might be interested in learning some of these things and just kind of be an example and um, stop me from rambling. <laughs> Um, but oh, you're good. Just, Keep rambling. This is an interview of you. Go out. Go okay. ahead. You're the guest. All right. You're the guest. I, yes. go ahead. I'm going to be honest. You're I thought stopping it was me be... from rambling, so it's good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I thought it was a panel, and I wasn't going to have to ramble about myself. <laughs> but so anyway, so yeah, we started the podcast, and a lot of times, you know, we talk to people and see if they want to come on, you know, and they're like, oh, well, we're not experts, you know, and we get that a lot. And it's like, well, neither are we, you know, but that's how we learn. And neither am I. I don't know. Yeah, it can be intimidating to people to, you know, maybe an expert might use words that maybe you wouldn't as a beginner even learn until down the road. And, you know, people might not be ready for that level of whatever the project is, you know, for some of them, of course, we just put out an episode on making butter and, you know, any child can do that. But, you know, a lot of people don't think about maybe making their own butter. Um, I know you churn it. Yeah, basically. <laughs> I have made butter like a couple of times when I was a kid, but that was about it. No, I tell everybody who will listen that you and Resonance have the probably the most important podcast out there, and there needs to be like a hundred more of those. But um, you know, I never even thought to look to see if any existed. But I mean, even if there were, I mean the best we can hope for is just our sphere of people who would be interested in, you know, the agorism, agorist twist on a lot of the things we say, you know, a lot of maybe normal people, but not might not even be interested in it. So, I mean, we're not really striving to change the world. At least I know I'm not, but um, you know, I've said this before I learn and I solidify these things in my mind, the more that I talk about them and the more that I teach them to other people, you know, it helps me out. So you know, there's almost kind of like a selfish aspect to doing it. But, um, you know, I don't know, like I was thinking about it. And so you had me on for the show, you know, Women in Anarchism. And it's such like, I don't know, kind of an honor because I definitely don't think of myself as somebody out there like making big changes, you know, in the agorist community or really in general. But I think that that's how people kind of start out. And the more that we just spread these ideas and show people by example, you know, how to live this life and that it's not all about, you know, anarchy isn't about chaos and disorder, you know, that there is order and, you know, purpose and community and just kind of living this life. And, you know, I guess social media is a big aspect to it because that's kind of how we all communicate and how all these interactions start out, you know, but so kind of like, using social media to just make that community stronger, you know, and maybe I kind of belittle, not belittle, but minimize, you know, what we do, because it is important. Um, but I guess maybe sometimes like, well, I don't know, I'm not an expert either who wants to listen to me. <laughs> yeah, I think your podcast could potentially have like uh, a, a wider reach than ours. They can definitely have a reach outside of like small circles i mean i would i hope our podcast gets out into the wild as much as possible but i think your podcast definitely has uh could have a pretty wide appeal if people like the personalities and presentations and i think the topics are uh a lot more appealing than just inside these kind of um more niche groups um the only limiting factor i would say is that you know maybe some of the stuff may might be uh 
lend itself to a more uh, visual form, you know, because you're doing things and everything. But, uh, you know, like I always say, I love podcasts because I can listen along while I'm doing something, while I'm driving down the road, riding my motorcycle, doing all kinds of stuff. And, you know, that they really don't have time to watch a whole ton of videos. So I, I think, honestly, I think uh, for somebody who wants to learn stuff, get into stuff, and we talked about from the very beginning, you know, doing um, – doing things, getting into craft hobbies, uh, not hobbies even, but, you know, getting into crafts and do-it-yourself stuff. That's a thing that for various reasons I think is going to, you know, has become, has remained popular over time. It's become, has remained more popular, I would say. I don't know if it's become more popular or if it's revived, but it's like, I'm sure it has with actually uh, the internet and YouTube and the ability to have information disseminated. But it's like, uh, yeah, people are going to have, hopefully as technology advances, you know, more free time, more opportunities to learn and do things. Um, I really think so. I mean, there's things, plenty of things that I do that I do because I could find out about them on the internet. Quite a, quite a bit of my life is that way, actually. Yeah. And you know, that kind of was making me think that, I mean, yeah, we are like a DIY podcast, but I don't know. I kind of like to think of it as like a motivational support podcast too, because you know, I mean, we had Jeff Young of Shoot Tree Brewery on, you know, talking to us about brewing beer. But it's, I mean, that's a pretty complicated topic. And some of the things we talk about could easily do multiple episodes on, such as soap making or, you know, the bread. We've had two episodes on making bread. And maybe somebody might not be able to be like, okay, I'm going to go listen to this episode and I'm going to go brew some beer. But just to kind of let people know that some of these things maybe aren't as difficult as they, might think and with the internet out there you know just kind of like providing that motivation to get over that anxiety of learning a new skill and just doing it and just knowing that other people might have failures you know when they start out too and then that's okay and that's how we learn you know and just to kind of keep trying and maybe making your own potash is not your thing you know um but maybe some of these other projects are you know and so but it's kind of neat to do some of these things and just try it for yourself you know and especially if you have kids and i will say that also you know i just want to shout out to all the anarchist mamas out there and uh this kind of came up uh on a facebook thing today and so dag and i had kind of decided early on in our relationship that we weren't going to have children that we decided that if we ever change our minds we would adopt and she was kind of saying that how people like how do you kind of deal with that feeling of realizing that you might not ever have children because you made the decision you know and i had answered and sometimes now meeting all these people in the anarchist community you know that are doing homeschooling and unschooling and just raising just the smartest like well-behaved children you know is I don't know. It's just really inspiring and hopeful, you know, provides a lot of hope for the future. And sometimes it makes me a little bit sad that I don't have somebody to kind of pass this information along to in that way or to contribute to the future, you know, of the Liberty community to continue to kind of like spread these messages, you know. Um, so well, I there's wanna... more than one way to do that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. But, but, you know, being a mom and taking care of a family, you know, besides you know 
doing things for the community and taking care of a homestead or, or a business or whatever right. it is, you know, it's like, I don't know. Maybe it was just my struggle with addiction and the fact that I, you know, most of my life, I kind of struggled with feeling like I could barely take care of myself. You know, how could I ever possibly take care of, you know, another human being? And, you know, I don't know. Sometimes I just feel like, but like you said, and there, there is always adoption, but I don't know this kind of topic kind of straight, but I just really love seeing anarchist families. I just feel like and I'm sure, you know, people only post what they want on the internet, you know, but they are just the the happiest looking families. And when I meet them in person, you know, they're just so well behaved. And I, I don't know. I mean, I mean, you, mi okay, so you don't see the part where the, the my two year old daughter is running through the house naked and pooping on the floor and then stepping in it. And then you, you don't see those parts. Right, I know, but I'm just saying, like, long-term, you know, they're growing up with parents that are, you know, anarchists, and oh. you guys are still living by example, you know, for your children, so they're gonna, they just, you know, people always admit, like, homeschool children, oh, they're, like, a little different, you know, and just actually seem like, yeah, they're different, but they're different in a good way, you know, and I don't know. I feel like I've been meeting more and more younger and younger people, you know, in this community that, you know, figured it out at a young age, you know, and kind of, sometimes it's kind of jealous, like, oh, man, I wish that I just had someone come along to plant some seeds for me, you know, and I was a little bit younger. And um, so I guess as often as we can plant seeds for other people, like, I don't know, I, I kind of stopped really trying to change people's minds about a lot of things in everyday conversation. Cause I just feel like Same. wasting your time and breath and energy on somebody who'll never listen. You could recommend books or, you know, things to read until your face turns blue and they're just never going to change, you know, but sometimes just planting seeds and maybe one day something will happen to them. And it might click, you know, be like, Hey, you know, I remember you said this to me, or we were talking about this, you know, and actually that kind of happened. So I started uh, working a few nights a week bartending and it was the place kind of near our house where we would go play poker um, on Wednesday nights in the bar. Um, and then Corona hit and they stopped doing it. But right before that all hit, there was this young man who had just moved and he was talking about how he wanted to be an FBI agent, you know, or something, you know, in criminal intelligence. And I was just like, ah, you know, <laughs> kind of like talking to him and explaining to him on, you know, some things that were probably all very new things he never heard before. And then, you know, coronavirus hit, we just kind of stopped going there for a few years because that is kind of also where our lives kind of ramped up because we couldn't go anywhere and focusing on more things around the homestead. But anyway, so I saw him again when I started working at this bar and he was like, yeah, I remember you were, you were trying to tell me, you know, why I shouldn't be an FBI agent. And I don't think he is necessarily going that route anymore. And whether it has anything to do with what I said or not, I don't really know, you know, but <laughs> I don't know, maybe I made it. So there's one less aspiring out there well one thing that really struck me is that you said you were introduced to um libertarian ideas by a woman um which is pretty unusual also it's very apropos to the um, topic of women and anarchism can, uh, can you go and 
I don't know. Do you have any comment on that? Um, yeah, sure. Uh, my sister-in-law, she is an amazing lady and I would definitely, uh, like I said, it was kind of through my husband, but definitely would attribute my journey to her and her husband. She, well, she met her husband in, uh, at school, um, for economics. So, um, yeah, that was very fitting. Okay. So they both, you know, played an influence on kind of helping us down this journey. And I will say other women in anarchy that have been a big influence on me. Well, number one, resonance. I mean, God, I just love her. And I just definitely, we, you know, the podcast, our podcast wouldn't exist, you know, if we hadn't met. Um, Lily Forrester um, was a big uh, influence on me and kind of starting my side hustle, the Willow's Gift, doing the portraits and the herbal medicine um and kind of really focusing on that and a kind of a big influence to start working on kind of getting out of the you know the rat race quote unquote um i got to meet amanda rose a couple times and just like you know and that was just really cool because she's just like a really fun free spirit you know and she's been a big influence in the community um but you know more recently just i don't know the last however many years my friends list has gotten more and more concentrated and there's just so many amazing women and all the amazing women that we've had on our podcast that are out there doing the shit they're passionate about all the things that we're talking about you know i definitely i will say it's just been um i don't know almost like a little overwhelming for me like i don't know kind of emotionally just this like support that i get from other women where when I was younger, I definitely struggled to make friends. I definitely didn't have, you know, like a lot of girlfriends. I had a couple close ones, but I have always worked in industries where it's been mostly male, you know, they, you know, they do electrical kind of work. And um, well, I guess mostly that by that for a long time. Oh, and, you know, cooking in kitchens, you know, mostly guys and everything that, I kind of always, in my younger years, like, oh, women are catty. I'll never get along with them. And I don't know. It's kind of made me realize meeting all these, like, amazing anarchist women and how supportive they are and just, like, loving, you know. it's I don't know. It's, like, almost, like, crave that now. And it's a good feeling to have close women friends, even if they do live all over the country, just knowing that they're there and they we have these things in common but it's you know it's a really big thing in our lives and it's i think it's kind of been magnified by a lot of the events over the last couple of years you know how important this community is and you know like i said just kind of living by example so i'm going to ask you i asked residents the same question but i'm going to ask it to you here is the the common perception is there's very, either you know very few women anarchists and it's predominantly a male space but after seeing like you know all of resonance's friends and you and you you guys have a community and all the people that you guys have brought on your podcast i'm like it seems like there's almost more women than men sometimes but um why do you think there is the perception that it is a predominantly male space uh, or philosophy? 
Huh, that's that's a good question. Um Hey y'all, it's Resonance. Um, yeah, from the Let's Make Some Shit podcast. Uh here telling you guys about some of the new stuff I've got at Appalachian Apothecary. Right now I have a remineralizing tooth powder that's made with calcium carbonate and bentonite clay. Um, I have a four ounce jars that I'm selling for 10 bucks a piece. And then uh, also I've done a couple of body butters. Um, they're whipped tallow body butters. One's infused with Arnica and the other one is a very potent pain reliever. And if you'd like more info on that, you can find me at radical underscore resonance on Telegram or at Mother of Chaos, X-A-O-S, on Twitter. Um, I'd be happy to make tinctures for you regarding like any medical condition that you have. So please reach out to me and let's see if we can get you some herbal remedies. I don't know if I would agree. I that maybe that there's more women than men. I do probably feel like there's more men, but I feel like a lot of the women maybe or maybe it's biased or something like, I don't know, maybe my friends list, maybe I have focused more on adding women. I know there was a point where I was just like, I'm not adding more dudes, you know? <laughs> and I don't really have a problem with them, like, coming in and trying to, like, hit on me or, you know, thirsty simps or anything like a lot of people do. Um, but I feel like there's maybe definitely more than people think and then i would go on further maybe to say that there's probably a lot more people identify as libertarians than anarchists and agorists and maybe a lot of the guys get stuck into that category um i don't know it's i kind of stop maybe really caring or knowing even necessarily what people on my friends list identify as whether it's libertarian or anarchist or agorist you know there's a few that i do and i would say a lot of those women more are in the anarchist or agorist category than the libertarian but i kind of generally lump all those three generally together does that make any sense no for sure um you know i don't like to I'll distinguish think- too much personally um because i think the lines don't they're lines, but I don't think the lines that necessarily are drawn. I don't think the lines are necessarily drawn along the same. Uh, I don't say lines again. I don't want to think the lines are drawn along the same distinctions as necessarily the words are. So a lot of, you know, a lot of, in, in other words, there are categories that people are doing based on words. And I just don't think like the people's actual lines, if they're even need to be divided or categorized necessarily go with those words. Cause people use words in lots of different ways as, as we talk about all the time. I totally agree. And I will say that I feel like in general, we all have the same goal, you know, which is freedom. And that a lot of those lines or separations maybe are things people are getting hung up on specific things, you know, like, you know, abortion or, you know, policies or again, but that kind of all just because we're living in this political world right now and we aren't living in you know an agorist or anarchist society so we're kind of still playing by these rules and things that people are getting hung up on but if we're able to just like wipe the slate clean and say you know do you want to live free or do you want to live as slaves you know i think most people would generally choose freedom and it just gets right down yeah. to it i mean i think that freedom is very broad 
Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I was you know, saying, yeah. And people are entitled to their people are entitled to, to have differences, you know, and that's that's perfectly fine with me. I'm, I'm pretty broadly tolerant of a lot of ideas. Doesn't mean I don't have opinions on them. <laughs> I will judge right, you, but yeah. you know, um, I'm broadly tolerant of differences because it's very important that we have those differences and not, you know, totalitarianism, which is the one, which is what I'm really against. Uh, after all, all is said is done, the one thing I do know I want to abolish and like r- right away is totalitarianism. So I, 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 I am probably tolerant of of differences and people mind the differences, but not in some universalist. Oh, we'll all be, we'll just all be cosmopolitan liberals. That's pie in the sky fantasy. You know what I mean? I think we are going. We we uh, are entitled to live freely and have have our differences with each other, with each other, and be as friendly and as you know standoffish and everything as, as as we want to be um but yeah i yeah, yeah as far as labels and, and and ideology is concerned i think you know that's the world doesn't really run on ideology nearly as much as people on twitter think yeah hey i want to go back to something that you said earlier and it's just kind of an aside but so you mentioned you you know you spent a lot of time uh doing drugs when you were a little mm-hmm. y- younger yeah and so you weren't interested in politics but so i guess my question is and this is kind of not i guess relevant to the conversation but it's interesting to me is, so when i was doing a lot of drugs we'd stay up till like two three in the morning and we would talk about all kinds of wild stuff the fucking big questions the what the meaning yeah. of life uh what you know what or people's dreams and hopes and like all philosophy, all kinds of like wild stuff. We weren't debating in politics too, but we weren't like debating policy per se, but just like, you know, bigger political questions. Right. Yeah. So what, when you were partying at, uh, as a kid, uh, what, I'm, what did you guys, what did you guys talk about in those, uh, those long nights? You know what I mean? I know you, you must've had them the same as I did. Where you're up till three in the morning and you guys are just talking, 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 talking. And, uh, you know, what, what did you guys talk about then? So I, I will say that <laughs> the first time I ever did ecstasy was with my brother. <laughs> and I think, I mean, I just remember that night like so clearly. And I, I don't know. I mean, I really felt like it brought us closer. I mean, at that time in my life, I kind of considered like, my brother, one of my best friends, he was, you know, like a big influence on me and I really looked up to him. And I think it might have been the first time like that he maybe told me that he loved me, you know, <laughs> besides, you know, I don't know, like, I don't know. And I just remember those feelings of just feeling like really good. I think it was more just kind of like, um, You know, there are generally positive things, you know, with your friends just having a good time. But um, I don't know, maybe you had more intelligent friends than I did, but it definitely never went to politics. I'm trying to think now about what we did all talk about. And it was probably just all, you know, local town shit and what was happening in all our lives and gossip, I'm sure. No, definitely nothing meaning- meaningful. <laughs> mm, okay. Okay. Cause I was just trying to get your kind of, general perspective at the time you know like just because back, you weren't in politics then. yeah i mean you could you could still have like uh thoughts about life when i was doing you know, like the fun drugs like that you know i was still 
kind of young and then yeah. once you know it, it turned into addiction it was everything was just generally pretty sad you know? <laughs> like it wasn't there weren't fun drugs anymore it was you know definitely not fun i know my experience with drugs is generally unique in the sense that it was like overwhelmingly mostly positive <laughs> so i have a hard time i don't know but like um, even you know we did the addiction panel and hmm. like i know I, I probably didn't get a chance to say everything the way I, I i don't know i say this every time i get like nervous for recordings but um uh i even though i had that addiction and opiates basically you know were killing me i definitely am not against drugs you know i definitely hmm. believe the war on drugs should be ended and i feel like if that were to happen and there were you know it was just a different time that maybe so many addicts wouldn't exist in the first place you know or people might take on that responsibility sooner because they're not being taken care of by the government you know and being pushed on you know by pharmaceutical companies and everything um and maybe just, you know, more options to get help. Um, but, like, I don't know. I mean, I'm definitely not opposed to some of those fun drugs. I mean, I can still drink. I We rarely get drunk. You know, I had a glass of wine before the show to try and calm my nerves. But I, it doesn't make me go crazy where all of a sudden, you know, some people it does. Alcoholics, you know, sometimes they have one drink and that's it for them. You know, they'll be gone for weeks. But that's not me, and I don't feel like addiction treatments and solutions can be blanket solutions and treatments, and that I feel like everything should, you know, be specific to that person and what triggers them, and that it takes a lot of hard work to kind of figure those things out, you know, but there are ways to do it, and I know that I cannot touch opiates because that, like an alcoholic, like taking that first sip, you know, if I were to use opiates and if I do, I have to make sure that it is cut off immediately, you know, because that could happen, you know, but I smoke weed, you know, and I've had therapists tell me that they have known more opiate or heroin addicts stay clean that smoke weed than ones that don't, you know, and so I just don't think I don't really think anything, you know, in life is really just quite that black and white. There's, you know, everybody's situation is different. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. It's, uh, there's very few one size fits all solutions to anything. Mm -hmm. um, so something that's interesting to me that I, I wonder if we'll notice a pattern as this series goes on, but um, so Okay, so Resonance was our, our first in the Women in Anarchism series for obvious reasons. And then she came from a social, like, a, you know, sort of social Democrat, mm -hmm. help the poor kind of a, a, a mindset as well. Do you think that, do you, okay, so you, I am guessing that you sort of drifted in that direction, mostly out of, like, empathy, Right. Yes, definitely. Do you, do you find that that empathy also informs your attraction to or attraction or perspective on anarchism as well? 
Yes. Okay. So I don't know if you remember, like, um, I don't know, it was probably like around the 2016 election and that whole like Trump era and the whole toxic masculinity was a thing. I'm sure I wasn't the first person to think of this, but I don't know. I was thinking a lot about toxic empathy and we had an old neighbor who we were you know, after we moved away, we were still Facebook friends with her and she was like super hardcore liberal Democrat, you know, blue hair, all that stuff, you know, and some of this things that she would post would be like, after kind of going down this path, it kind of made me realize that like, we still have those same goals, but there are different paths that can be taken to get to those goals that a lot of people have probably never even considered. And even if you kind of try to explain some of those, people are a lot of times unwilling to hear them or accept them as a possibility because it didn't come from a television screen or a politician, you know, or something. I'm just some dumb recovering addict, you know, so what do I know? Um, but it kind of, I, I still kind of even sympathize with her because I know a lot of people, I feel like, a lot of it comes from that place of empathy and I recognize that, you know, but they just don't realize that there's other, other ways to achieve them. Did that answer your question? Yeah. 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 And honestly, like, um, every, you know, a lot of anarchists will try to, um, say that they they're all of their ideas. They've come from, from sheer, just logic, right? Sheer logic. And I'll be the first one to admit that uh, a lot of my views on anarchism come from emotion or empathy, right? Like, mm -hmm. uh, and sure, I have like um, logical arm arguments to justify my position as well. But the first, you know, like um, mm -hmm. probably the, a lot of the same the same concerns that you had as uh, a social democrat and now as an anarchist is it's just like. You don't want to see people crushed and doing poorly and you don't want people struggling and or going hungry or, you know, and you don't want the, okay, you don't want the environment fucked up or, you know, and, or animals torture right. or whatever the thing, you know, like all of these things I, I very much feel right. But, you know, there's also, mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, I also recognize that the state is uh, largely the source of a lot of the suffering we see in the world so i understand exactly. it like the, it ca cannot be our solution right so um right. i think i think i think what i'm i guess where i'm going with this is i think empathy and emotion play a much larger factor in our perspective on anarchism than most even most anarchists would like to admit I totally agree um and also i think that uh, the biggest the biggest thing that I feel like anarchists and agorists honestly have in common is actually um, open-mindedness, just open-minded to new ideas and the willingness to change your opinion when presented with better information. And so thus being able to admit that you were wrong, you know, like I know, I mean, a lot of people aren't born you know, agorists, you know, unless they, both their parents, you know, totally brought up that way, but uh, I lost my train of thought. What was I saying? 
everybody's been changed their mind about something is what I think where you're going about that with that. Oh yeah. And that, I don't know, maybe just a lot of statists, I guess, you know, are kind of unwilling to ever admit that their side was wrong or, you know, willing to change their ideas or opinions when presented with information, logical information that makes sense. And I know where I worked, it was a lot of Republicans and they all get hung up on cops, you know, and how, well, we need cops. It's like, well, you know, there doesn't mean that there won't be rules, you know, but they'd be agreed upon by everybody. And there'd be, there's me, you can't say that we know all the solutions, but I do know that the solutions and the system that we're in right now, like doesn't work and there's could be better ways, you know, but people are unwilling to kind of entertain those ideas, you know? Hey y'all, I got something cool to tell you about. So you know how uh, I'm doing a big initiative to try to get more people to gorilla garden. Well, uh, Daggerist over at agoristacres.com, he's kind of teaming up with me a little bit here to help support this uh, cause. So if you use the code Agora10 uh, over at agoristacres.com, you'll get 10% off um, for any reason um, you're buying seeds, whether that be grill gardening or your own garden, anything like that. But if you contact Daggerist uh, or myself and you tell them that I sent you to get seeds for gorilla gardening, he might be able to swing an additional hookup. Um, it might be just whatever he's got, you know, a uh, surplus of or that kind of thing, whatever he can do. Um, so he's he's down for the cause here and really wants to help uh, see this come to fruition. Um, so I'm. I am Sekmagora at Sekmagora on all the the um, social media. You can contact Dagoras directly on his website, uh, agoristakers.com again. And uh, the code is Agora10 to just get 10 uh, 10% off straight up. And um, tell him I sent you for for gorilla gardening, and you'll uh, he'll he'll try to hook you up however he can. And um, this is what we got to do. We got to support people that support us that want to see more of this in the world um so again it's agorastakers.com check it out um and get out there and and cause a cause a ruckus and get some gorilla gardening done all right y'all peace yeah i will say that um yeah i think open-mindedness is pretty common amongst anarchists and agorists um about not just politics but about you know anything but yeah and also i've never been wrong about anything in my life so you can take that back right, right. now <laughs> um <laughs> um just ask me i'm i'm always right um <laughs> shit i had a question and now i lost it oh okay so do you think as a a woman and an anarchist do you think that being a woman you might have a unique perspective about um well anarchism but also society at whole that maybe men don't share don't have wait what was the question do, do you think you have a uh do you think 
you as a woman might have a unique perspective about uh, anarchism or anything else that would be important or adjacent to anarchism? Um, I don't know. Um, like I said, maybe this kind of goes back to what I was saying before about maybe mothers and anarchism maybe might have or parents and anarchism maybe have a different perspective just because there's that whole side that you have dependent people on you you know that are growing up in this world um but when i think of at least for me personally in my life i mean i know dag and i don't really adhere to a lot of gender roles or positions when it comes to things that need to get done around the house or the homestead. So, and I've never really considered myself a very feminine person either. So I don't know if I have anything maybe necessarily to Well, okay, so no, you don't necessarily have to You've be been, a feminine Wait a woman. minute. You've been making... Hold on, you've been making some cakes lately, lately have you? I have. Oh, <laughs> yeah, they looked. I, I don't know if it's just because I'm fasting for Ramadan, but they look absolutely. I love carrot cakes, so that's actually there's more to it than that. But they look absolutely delicious, and that. that oh my god, very, that carrot cake was so everyone, good. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Yeah, I just thought of that, and also because I'm very hungry. Uh, but yes, um, you certainly have a you certainly have a, a a knack for that, and probably other things. Um, yeah, I don't so think it's, I, it's above women to be handy. I, you know, some some are just handy at some things more than others most of the time. And you sound like you can do a lot of. You sound like you're a lot better than me at probably a whole lot of things that are stereotypically masculine. Um, well, to be honest, cars, I'm, I'm kind of and, just like wow. tapping back into that. You know, and it's funny. Like I'm, I made you know like a roast in the crock pot, and like Jay does a lot of the cooking, or like I don't know, he cooks a lot of the meat. Maybe I, I definitely do more of the baking, but you know, I always like joke and be like, oh, I'm doing exceptional wifing today by making this pot roast. You know, <laughs> but um, I definitely like I used to bake a lot with my mom when I was younger. Um, and my grandma does a lot of baking. I used to like bake with her too. And so kind of only more recently have I started getting back into it. And that kind of ties into a lot of this too, because we both have a sweet tooth in this house, but we are working on eating better and introducing more animal fats and proteins into our diet and trying to eat less carbs. But like dessert is one thing that we love to eat you know and so as we've been working on just eating cleaner meat you know and cooking healthier i was like well if i'm baking something it's still gonna be better than you know the sleeve of oreos that we're eating or the girl scout cookies you know or whatever the box brownies off the shelf you know and so um I don't know. I've been actually really loving the baking and I've been like working on the perfect ice cream recipe. Um, a roommate has kind of brought home a lot of gadgets that his mom wasn't using anymore. And I've also been kind of trying to justify keeping some of these things in the house, you know, like a pasta maker. So I've been making my own pasta 
And I don't know, it seems like such a simple thing and maybe a lot to do for it. But I typically like to put a lot of butter on my pasta um, when we just use like box pasta. And when I made it, it didn't even need the butter because it just had so much flavor. So not only does it taste better, but it's better for you because I was using eggs, you know, from chickens that we lay. So it's just kind of continually taking another step. You know, I feel like people can't just change their lives and go from the typical American lifestyle to, you know, much freer and healthier lifestyle overnight. So it's just like a constant thing to keep. What what can I do for myself today that I won't have to go to the store to buy? You know, what can I do that will help me pay less taxes to large corporations and the government, you know? And so maybe baking a cake seems like just such like a trad wife thing, you know, but I consider that even a process in my journey to becoming more self-sufficient homesteaders, you know, and a, and a better wife. Cause maybe I do other things around the house, but like I said, Dag does a lot of the cooking, but you know, he, he can't cook every night. And so I try to take some of that load off of him when I can, and he'll take some of my loads off of me when he can. And I think it's really important to have that kind of sense of teamwork when you're in a relationship and you both share those same kind of values, you know, because, you know, those, I mean, those are your people, those are your direct people, you know, in your household. And then, you know, you could, then there's those people in your community that maybe you see every now and then. And then, you know, there's the people further, like, you know, maybe I get to see you guys this year, got to see you last year, maybe once a year, you get to see some of those people that live all across the country, but it's constantly just like building those relationships. But the most important ones are the ones that, you know, that are most closest to you. And I definitely wouldn't, be where I am if it wasn't for Dag and his support. And so, like I said, I try to do things that support him back. Yeah, I don't think there should be any like, like strong pressure to going against what's coming natural to you to like adhere to a certain, certain like, you know, surface level, superficial uh, gender roles. And um, just for the sake of appearances, I, I should say, basically when you're going about, you know, organizing your household and your family and everything i mean what comes natural to some people is 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 different people to people and and you shouldn't at the same time you shouldn't fight you know fight certain things that might might be in the in women men's and women's nature and things that are tendencies that men gravitate more to and women's gravitate more to you shouldn't be too hard in any direction you know i think everybody everybody lives in sort of this gray area in between two extremes and i think you know i think it's it's cool when people can find that balance and even like you know like sec always says you know you can you can end up in in, in a very you know try looking circumstance but you know w without any kind of pretensions towards actually you, you know uh building your relationship in that way it's not it's not a meme it's just you know you, you don't fight it and you don't fight it you don't fight it and you don't fight against it i suppose yeah yeah so I, when i was asking you like your perspective as a woman i wasn't like uh you don't have to be super feminine to have a perspective as a woman i wasn't like oh you know what color are your sundresses when you read rothbard out in the wheat field that's not what i was asking no, uh, I know, but I. Oh, so, sorry. Well, go on. Well, well, yeah, yeah. So I'll, I'll I'll try to illustrate my point here. Like, so there was something about your circle 
of friends where you started wanting more women around in your sort of uh, circle of friends. Mm -hmm. And there's something, there's some kind of connection there is what I'm trying to drive at. Like, what's the vibe there? Like, what is different about the support of other women as opposed to any other anarchist, you know? Uh, Okay, so... You know, I mean, anarchy really is like the natural state of things, you know, Um, and we just, I think, you know, confuse it with politics. But um, I think that maybe my journey to anarchism has softened that side of me. And I guess maybe which is why I'm kind of desiring that more connection with other women and and maybe even my feminine side with the baking and I do see this with a lot of other I guess just sadists I don't know what they are but women maybe in my day-to-day life now and things like and these are things that I used to say you know it's like oh well I don't I don't have any women friends like I'm more like you know one of the guys or this is just a stupid example but I'll tell you why in a minute, but just like, even just like, oh, you know, I don't like little dogs. I only like big dogs, you know, because that's a more masculine thing. And I think a lot of women just kind of like really want to get away. Like they're almost like ashamed to be feminine or a a woman, you know, but not like they're trans or gay or, or anything, but just maybe some women in society have done something in our eyes that like oh I don't want to be like that you know like and so I've always just kind of I even have a lot of guys tell me like oh you're different you know you're different like where can I find a girl like you you know (laughs) and I know I'm just me but now it's like it's kind of like that's still me but you can still have those connections with women and just because some women are maybe not the kind of women that I would look up to or, or want to be like, but there's all these other amazing women, AKA women in the anarchist community who don't treat other women or other people in that manner, which kind of maybe scared me away from that more feminine side. I don't know. I don't know if any of that made sense, but I almost kind of feel more welcomed by other women in the community. And I would say that is due to the anarchy aspect yeah, no, that's, I mean, that's right there is kind of what I was looking for. Not that okay. specific answer, but that's yeah, your okay. perspective on it, uh, anarchism as a as a woman, so to speak, is like, in some sense, like, um, anarchism allowed you to find a better um, circle of women friends i guess is where where i'm going with that or like um support structure that is uniquely suited to women in some sense Mm -hmm. is that true is that that accurate um yeah i think so okay do you think that the anarchist space is like um hmm, like welcoming to women or um like generally speaking not just your circle of women friends In my circle of friends, I will say yes, but I think maybe broadly speaking, 
no and i think this kind of goes back to what you were saying about asking if there was more women or men and in the community and you know i mean guys are guys and they're going to be going into people's dms like i said i personally maybe don't experience it as some other people let on that they do you know um hey y'all listen i wanted to tell you about ketolicious jerky uh ketolicious jerky is jerky made by uh, bj friend of the show i get uh jerky from her once a month and whenever we get it it's almost immediately gone um it's really good jerky the flavors are just on point um the texture is really good you know it's it's nice and soft but not too soft and it's not you know chewy like boot leather um so she's got that dialed in perfect um our kiddos really enjoy it they will inhale an entire package of jerky in minutes uh our kiddo particularly likes the uh, pizza flavored which is which is really good i enjoy it i think my favorite is still the black pepper but um the pizza's pretty good but she's got a lot of cool different flavors that you might not find everywhere else um like the pizza flavor i just mentioned but she's got a a, a dill pickle flavored jerky which is uh, a bit different but i really enjoyed the the flavor on that it's real it's really good if you like pickles um, so if, if you would like to check it out, uh, go to mailboxmeat.com. Uh, the shipping is free on orders, uh, $60 and up and just tell them that the Agora, the podcast sent you and, uh, we'll get a kickback from that. Um, it's th this, I, I like supporting her cause she's, you know, number one, a friend of the show, but number two, the, the jer jerky is really good. Like I, I enjoy some beef jerky now and then. And hers is, is really good, um, especially when it comes to the texture. The texture is just on point. And um, the flavors are good. And um, also I'm doing, <clears throat> you know, low-sugar, low-carb diet. So um, all of her jerky is uh, low-sugar. And uh, she uses clean, uh, locally-sourced meat for the jerky. Um, so again, check check out mailboxmeat.com. That's her site. And um, make sure you tell them that Agora the Podcast sent you. And um, I hope you enjoy because I, I really do. I would I would do this even if she wasn't an advertiser because I really enjoy the jerky. So um, check it out. And uh, again, it's mailboxmeat.com. Thanks. Peace. I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought again. <laughs> um Oh, dude, dudes are creepy. I think you were going somewhere with that. Like that. Yeah, again, and it's kind of like I said, I mean, people post screenshots of things and like I said, some mm. of the things are kind of like super ridiculous, but at the same time I feel like maybe some of those women kind of are I don't want to say asking for, it, but maybe provoking, you know, some things. But they're provoking maybe some things to make points, you know, and I'm thinking mm -hmm. of some specific examples, but I guess that I kind of try to keep 
things that I post generally, I mean, really honestly, pretty surface um, until I really make an alt account. Like there's a lot of things that I, topics I just don't really like to talk about, um, but maybe with more with my addiction and I would like to talk about that more because I feel like it could help other people. But just like I said, you know, kind of waste my time trying to change people's minds. So I post a lot of less confrontational things. And I feel like I'm kind of straying from your question, but I'm going to finish this thought um, that uh, uh, sorry, I forgot where I was going again. But so, like, I don't know, I guess more and more I kind of focus on things that really affect my life. And I know a lot of people are saying like, oh, well, what are you doing to change the world? You know, and a lot of these things maybe... I don't know. I get stuck on whether I should speak up more on a lot of things or just really focus on myself. And like I said, kind of like living by that example. Um, I don't know. I don't know what the right answer is. I feel like I just babbled. <laughs> At the end of the day, I think the latter is the most useful. Um, just focusing and building up yourself and community and those closest to you. I think that has the added side effect of effect of convincing some people, but um, I, I spending a lot of time folk, you know, trying to convince people of your ideas seems largely a waste of my time. Anyway, I don't know. Yeah, um, yeah. So first of all, if I'm if I'm like struggling, if I'm just barely making it, if I'm like um, in some in some sort of privation or just you know poverty or, or if I'm unhappy or not, you know, I'm not in a stable situation. Like that doesn't really reflect good on anything that I have to say or my worldview or like, you know, the philosophy that I go about living my life, you know, so to speak, um, especially when it's, especially when it's the more niche it is. Um, and I just don't have the time anyway to devote I mean, that's, I guess, secondary to the fact that I just don't have the time to even de devote to um, almost the motivation. It could almost launch you into a sort of depression or something, but yes. also you just don't have the resources. Yeah, either, it's either the anxiety of not, of, you know, trying to make it month to month or the uh, lack of resources to kind of put your ideas into action, which is ultimately what you want to do. I mean, Debating somebody on social media, if you know, if, if anybody's still doing that these days uh, at this point, but like, you know, there's a time where a lot of people maybe in, in this crowd that we're in this kind of scene uh, would debate people on social media, do a lot of that kind of stuff um, in, in general in politics. I think some of that is passe, but like that's free. That's free. You can do that all, all the time you want. And it's and it, it might be if you're doing a lot of it, it's a good indication that your time is not very valuable because you have a lot of free time. Well, maybe you're just lucky to have a whole bunch of free time, but uh yeah that's free but actually putting your ideas into action that takes resources and capital and you know it, it, it takes you not to have to have the emotional fitness and not the anxiety of you know necessarily being in some place where you're kind of struggling and i i think that's really important especially as me as coming into a situation where i'm kind of getting myself on my feet in the uh self-employment world and it's been tough you know starting from not from entirely from scratch i mean i come from a middle class background i have a little bit of you know i have i'm not going to be you know i didn't i didn't mortgage every single bit of my future but you know starting things from scratch putting my ideas in action putting what am I, what's my real core 
politics, which is just basically how I live my life as far as my career and the material things about my life. Um, yeah, you know, being in a situation where it's a struggle week to week and month to month, that makes it very hard to actually do anything but just kind of sit around and maybe tweet because tweeting is free. But actually putting your ideas into action, that's going to take stability and time and resources that you're only going to really have if you've kind of, you know, built something for your life and, and, and got that sort of stability and have some savings and have ha have the ability to kind of have freer, you know, choices in life. I would almost say it's not free, though, because like you said, if you do value your time, you know, that is something. Yeah, I guess you could be, you know, over there DIYing or something. And, and, and that is true. Like, I, honestly, I, there's probably things that I could do. But sometimes when you're just, I don't know, depressed. I don't know if this is full on depression. I'm not saying clinical depression here, but you know, you just want to get on. You just want to get on the internet and kind of type away. And I, I think it doesn't. That kind of that kind of mindset doesn't lend itself to um, to making things and doing things and making those in, initial investments and to to learn new skills and stuff. And I think that's a big. I will say, uh, even for me, I'll identify myself. That's a big weakness for me, is I haven't really taken on too many new skills. Um, they don't too many new skills that are so, totally DIY kind of cooking, crafting stuff. And I certainly could, and I certainly should. So, um, I hopefully I, mean, I could get some inspired by, you know, our group and your podcast and everything. And, um, you gotta step your game up penguin. Yeah. I gotta, I gotta be, I gotta start planting. I gotta start for real. cooking up stuff. Yeah. Yep, well, sure. like, you know, I actually think it came up in a different conversation like on here that I was on once. But we still need those people that do other things that maybe I don't want to do to interpret all those documents and, you know, whatever is going on in the world. Because as much as I really don't pay attention to it these days, somebody's got to and you still kind of generally need to know what's going on. You know, how involved you want to get into it, you know, is up to you. But not everybody does have time to be making their own butter, you know, or, you know, but it's a great feeling. Mushrooms. It's a great feeling to do this DIY stuff. It's, it's, it is. it's very mentally stimulating and it's actually would, it would actually turn your, your, your life around. But you, you see a lot of people that actually get into this stuff are actually in a good place, in a good position. And they're taking on more hobbies and more hobbies, even more hobbies. And pretty soon they have too many they can deal with, but they're just so, you know, get out and go. But it's, it's, it's hard when you don't have the inspiration and you just want to get on the twitter.com or whatever else you like to go on or scroll through in Instagram, whatever these things that I don't have, but get on the twitter.com and just send tweet and retweet and everything. And, and, and it's cool. There's more, so much more than that. And I, I kind of want to get back into my like twenties, of, of just picking up a hobby. Right. You know? I just, you know, hope nobody ever feels bad, like, because they have, like you said, like, you haven't learned new skills, still nothing to really feel bad about, you know, but just something to feel extra good about if you do. Yeah, but I yeah, think we not, know, not now know that anyone. Yeah. Yeah. It, no. it does some, we, we now know, and this is going to sound totally like completely instrumental, like biohack or whatever, like it does something to your brain to make stuff and to do stuff. And that's 
super important. And then if you can do it with other people or you can exchange with other people, boom, that's another super mentally stimulating thing to do. And frankly, it's depressing to be in a world where you're not actually making things or not actually making actual connections. And I think that's why people kind of just tell people kind of just feel like crap and just have to either medicate literally or medicate kind of figure really with other things. Yeah. I, I know for me, like I definitely go through ups and downs, you know, with my, you know, I still go through periods of depression and I feel like, you know, over the last few years, I've kind of been more in tune with that cycle and kind of like what my body's going through. And, uh, you know, I kind of just, I'm better about dealing with those times now and kind of just like realizing that it'll pass and kind of allowing myself if I just like, okay, say I have a lot to get done, you know, but sometimes your body's telling you that you need to just like take a break, you know, and chill out and just ride it out and it always passes, you know, and you know, I mean, sometimes social media can be a good thing because you may be depressed and it's an escape, you know, and I think that that's still generally healthy thing to escape to as opposed to if you are using drugs or you know something else more harmful to yourself to escape you know there's like i said i the kind of what we're talking about before i think there's a difference between having a fun night doing some fun drugs with your friends as opposed to you know using drugs to escape feelings so you know, like on a scale, let's say social media, you know, if you are depressed, it's it definitely could be worse things to do. There's worse things to do, but also better things to do, you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm no saint. I get sucked into it sometimes. I don't know. Just after a long day, just, I want to sit down and put my feet up and I'm fucking screw around on my phone for a minute, but. I think the thing is, it's I, str I struggle to not feel guilty about taking that time, you know, mm -hmm. when everybody needs that time from time to time. But sometimes, like, I'll have to sit and be like, you're going to sit down and fucking watch this show and not think about, you know, <laughs> X, Y, or Z, because your body's telling you that you need to just relax right now and just, yeah, just yep. kind of like I said, not feeling guilty for leisure not time. doing something or doing something or taking that time for yourself you know and yeah i've been trying to be better about that too i also have to like force myself to sit down and watch tv and be unproductive i i don't know if it's guilt really but i feel agitated when i'm being unproductive it's very hard I, for me to relax i feel for like for me there's a a guilt part i think just because like i said when i was in the worst of my addiction i mean i was barely a, a functioning member of society and really that's only because work is the one thing i didn't really fuck up too bad you know so i contributed in that way but i didn't contribute to anything else or you know expanding or doing anything or learning anything new you know so i don't know i feel like i'm making up for all this time sometimes you know and I sometimes push myself too hard and I'm sure there's a lot of other people that can relate to that, you know? Yes. I 
hundred percent relate to that. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking I'm, I worked all day today, all week, and I'm probably working tomorrow because I'm a moron. And then I, me and my, uh, my other hat residents and I, I made this suggestion because we've got six acres, 30 minutes up the road from here. And it's, it was just my recent idea that we're going to clear that and turn that into another farm. Nice. And she's like, you, no, she's like, you're out of your oh. mind. You have way too much <laughs> stuff to do. Like, yeah, you know, you're right. <laughs> she's like, you're going to fucking kill yourself. Like, but that's just, I, I don't know. It's just, I, I grind. Um, But I've been better about it as I get older. But it's yeah, very hard. I mean, we have about six acres and it's it's a lot to take care of. It, it definitely is. Sometimes like, um, you know, I have to focus myself and be like, stop scattering all your projects all over the property. <laughs> <laughs> we had a golf cart for a little while, but it needs to do battery. So it wasn't as bad. But now like walking and carrying feed buckets from, you know, one end of the property to the other. It's like, OK, just localize all your projects. So <laughs> yeah, keep them all right here within yeah. walking distance. <laughs> yeah. My she shed was a game changer. Every lady should have a she shed. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's on the list. I'm thinking <laughs> about building. Uh, so I was going to get her she shed, but then I was like, well, what if I just build an outbuilt, a big ass ANS building mm-hmm. and she can have her own side of the ANS building? There you go. Yeah. So I don't know. I've been debating on that, but I'm also trying to recoup some fucking heavy costs recently. So, yeah. Um, all right, so a theory I've been tr- sort of going over in my head is I don't actually, it seems like there's very few women. And there's the joke, you know, any anarchist woman on the internet is a federal agent. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I often, you know, I often make that same joke to residents. I'm like, you know, she's the world's most dedicated Fed. She wins an award every year for it. Um <laughs> But so I'm starting to think, though, that like, um, and I don't know how I would ever figure this out, but I think there's actually way more women than we think there are. And there might might even be a 50-50 split. In I would buy that. Yeah. I would buy that. I I would believe I think the men are louder. Way. Is what it is. Sorry. Go ahead. I think the men are maybe just in higher positions. I don't want to really use the word authority, but influencing mm. figures in the community that there's definitely more men in positions like that, you know, so that I guess would make them louder or more seen or more known. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Why do you think that is? Do you think men just sort of want clout and women don't really care? They just do their own thing. Um, it's yeah, maybe. It seems to me that a lot of women that I've known throughout my life are not big on attention, like public attention. I don't know. Yeah, I you know I know it's kind of weird with me. Like I don't know. Sometimes it's kind of like goes back to my addiction too. I just feel like I'm always like on one side of the pendulum or the other but like both i could always say okay i'm in 
egomaniac with an inferiority complex. And I feel like I'm an introvert that wants to be an extrovert. And I feel like I'm somebody who wants attention while simultaneously not wanting attention, you know? And so I don't know. And like, it's like that with so many areas of my life. So maybe this is just me and why I'm crazy and insane, but I feel there's always like those two sides that are kind of like battling each other. And so it makes me super indecisive. <laughs> you just don't know what to do with yourself. Yeah. It takes me about 10 minutes to pick out some coffee in the coffee aisle. <laughs> trickles down i'm the opposite i just uh, yep this one bye gone yeah and it's uh, funny because i hate shopping too so it, maybe that's why just me too yeah um you know i say women don't really want public attention but there's like a million like what do you call them what i don't know women on the internet doing videos and stuff so maybe i I'm think entirely wrong about tiktok's that. Influencers? That yeah. was the word. Influencers. Influencers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. So maybe I'm entirely wrong, and it's just the women I've known personally. But I don't know. They don't seem to create. I mean, like... I think everybody wants attention. I think it just depends on what scale that is. I mean, oh, of course, do you yeah. want attention yeah. from your significant other? You know, right. of course. Do you want attention yeah. in your workplace? Do you want to be told you're doing a good job you know mm -hmm. of course but you know once you kind of get on that bigger platform you know and i think a lot of women feel judged or have you know insecurities about certain uh, things mm -hmm. and i feel like men maybe don't i mean there's a lot of men that do struggle with these same feelings but i feel like when it comes to things like that that's probably more geared towards women that makes sense, actually. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because you guys, I think, or you ladies get judged way more, I think, physically than men do. Yeah. About appearance and stuff. but So maybe that's a part of it. I don't know. Yeah. Because, I mean, you look at a lot of those, quote, unquote, influencers, you know. I mean, like, everybody nowadays has lip injections or you know i don't know what else i mean this girl i work with pays like 80 dollars every two weeks to get her eyelashes like these fake eyelashes like professionally put on they look real they look nice you know but like i definitely don't care about shit like that anymore you know i really didn't even yeah back then that's crazy so, yeah filler filler gives you autoimmune disorders I'd buy that, yeah. So I think it's just you know different times and yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. If you got all, if you got some crazy long nails, then it's chances are that's a very good sign. I mean, it signals something. It signals what type of person you are, and we, we all have different personalities. There's certainly all types of different types of men, all types of different types of women. So you're signaling something, but it's probably that you um, don't do a lot. You don't do very much. Very just very rough with your hands. Um, and so if you, if, if you're aiming to live a certain lifestyle, that would be like a, a good signal or a bad signal, you know, what, mm -hmm. what kind of, what kind of person you're looking to attract, you know, I think ideally that's kind of what we do is like, what kind of, what kind of conversation are you willing to start with somebody? I mean, you know, some people are more observant than others, but I mean, that's, you know, it, it, it's certainly a sign. Um, yeah, I, I don't know why you'd spend 
that kind of money. But, you know, again, spending money on stuff like that is a type of type of lifestyle. And that's and that that probably influences the type of um, the type of mate that she's looking for. But, yeah. you know, I, I I don't know how exactly you would you would signal um, maybe our political preferences other than something a little more overt but certainly as far as his, his lifestyle is concerned like you like you said you may not be maybe you didn't use this term but uh you know very feminine or maybe like a girly girl mm -hmm. something as far as your your outward appearance but i think you know if you, you might very well have the qualities that uh you know really suit the way you and deck lift so i you know and, and i'm sure you kind of you either you either purposely show something or people just notice it on you. So you know, I guess we all live we all live different ways. I think there are certain ways that are more or less, I don't know, amenable to our points of view and ways of thinking, obviously, and the way we deal with um you know, how we how we earn our, our living and what we what we use our resources what we use our resources for. Yeah, it's like something you said, like uh, how, like, I don't think you can really necessarily look at somebody and without talking to them and know where they stand politically. Like you said, unless there's some just like glaring thing, you know, but I'm getting so, an anarchy symbol tattooed on my forehead. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> I have one on my arm, but, <laughs> but, you know, in general, I'm saying like most people. So I don't know just why I kind of try not to make those judgments anymore because sometimes you know you catch yourself still making them and a lot of times i'm surprised by once after having a conversation with them and again being open-minded and listening to them that even if they are you know not an anarchist which you know usually in people you meet aren't but they're still generally good people you know and they're i don't think there's as big of a divide as you know the media or things led on to believe well um before we wrap up here is there anything else you want to add being the second guest in our women in anarchism series um i don't think so like i said it just makes me feel real special that you had me back on for this and i'm super excited to hear what all the other ladies that you have planned uh have to share have you listened to resonances yet no and you know i honestly i don't think i even knew that she did it because i have not i have not listened to a podcast in like any podcast and probably at least like a month i wow. uh go Busy through baby. like well that and just kind of go through like stages like the times where i used to i've been going through some schedule and you know personal changes in my employment and everything and kind of still adjusting to all of that in times where i would used to catch up on stuff it has all just totally been shelved but i am gonna listen to that tomorrow I'm a bigger reminder because it's funny you say that. I don't know if it's the wife. warmer. She's awesome. Um, I don't. It's funny you say that because recently I've been listening to a lot less podcasts and more music. And mm -hmm. part of me just now that you said that, I wonder if it's like the warmer weather. You know, it's like it just got to be like 70s out, sunshine in. I'm like, you know, fucking tunes. You know, just like yeah. jamming out. You know, mm -hmm. like I just I don't want to think about other stuff. I just want 
tunes, you know? I don't know. Right. No, it's like, it's again, like everything is like, I don't know, I'm feeling everything in life is just super cyclical. I feel like more and more I notice that. And like, I will listen to tunes until I'm sick of it, you know, for however long. And then I'll like cram as many podcasts in. Let's all listen mm-hmm. to his podcasts all day, like no music. And then I get burned out on podcasts. And again, I just kind of accept it. <laughs> I do. The, I do the same exact thing. I am the mm-hmm. same way. I just go through short really short phases though it'll be like a month and i'll listen to music and then i'm like eh, and then boom podcast for like three months and then I get bored with that for a while or i don't know i have a third phase where i just work in silence and that's actually really nice to to do that sometimes because sometimes being i wish head, i could yeah. do that I can't do oh, yeah. anything in silence anymore. It's horrible. I have to be listening to some audio or something constantly. It's really bad, and I know that's not good for my brain. So I commend you on that. Uh, maybe I oh. can try that at some point. Maybe I can try meditating or something. I don't know. You know, I have been meditating more these last few years, so maybe that does play a difference. But there would be a lot of times, like, I won't even notice that there isn't anything on, you know, until I realize mm-hmm. that it's like two or three o'clock and I haven't turned anything on. I, I just, you know, focus. I get hyper focused on things. I don't know. I don't know. The more I've been friends with like Lily and stuff that she posts, Lily Forrester, the more I think I'm ADD and autistic. <laughs> well, I mean, you're an anarchist, so I'm pretty sure. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> we all are. Uh, <laughs> Um, no, I did that today. I didn't listen to anything today. Um, it is nice every once in a while. You just like are totally into what you're doing at the moment and just like in your own head and your brain will like without any other stimuli, it'll, it'll just start doing, thinking about some wild stuff. It just goes, you go off, your brain just goes off on a crazy tangents. I kind of like it, but yeah, usually i'm working with power equipment so i need like earphones oh, yeah. anyway yeah. so i might as well put podcast or music in and you know just to block out the motor you know but yeah um well yeah um well thanks for coming on um thanks for this having was awesome. me um we went through an hour and a half already so Awesome. Yeah, I thought for sure I wasn't going to be able to talk about myself for an hour and a half. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, here you go. Who's your favorite woman, woman anarchist? Uh, Resonance, of course. (laughs) It's a dumb question. She is pretty up. She could. I wish you guys could just move to Florida and be my neighbors. We are never moving to Florida. (laughs) (laughs) You should move. You guys should move here. Well, you'd have to convince Dag, and he he would say the same thing you did. So (laughs) both top tier states. Yeah. But um, I, I I don't know weather weather wise. Ooh, Florida is just I've I've been in I've been in the muggy all my life, and I just can't, I can imagine worse. Yeah, yeah. But no, uh, yeah, great podcast. Great great talking to you. Glad you came on. Um, Thank you. Yeah, well, always I a think, pleasure. I think I think I might be um, I think I might be closer to sec than uh, you are. I was gonna ask where you were. I don't know if you ever say. Oh, uh, East Coast, East Coast. Okay. I'm. Uh, yeah, I am. I am. Yeah. North so or I'm south like of the Carolinas. I am. I am just, just, just barely uh, north of the North Carolina border. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah you gotta come down this there. this fall when I yeah, when we I do need, our I, thing I need here. a I need a point 
point west and just drive straight to Bristol, I guess, is how you get there. I don't yeah, know. do it. Like, things have been crazy, so we didn't really get a chance to plan a bro grow, too. So we're relying on your next Illuminati event to get together with y'all. So. Yeah, and Penguin's got to come this year. Yes. Good. I do. I need to get a bigger motorcycle. I could, I could, I could ride that thing all the way there, and that'd be great. That's a man. That's mm -hmm. an iron butt ride. Yeah. Just rent a car. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I've ridden yeah, right. a motorcycle that drive. fast. You will not be able to walk when you get here. <laughs> Take a train. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Take, Take a, a train, train or a bus okay. or something. But yeah, no, we should yeah. all uh, all get together again. So that'll yeah. be good. Definitely. Well, uh, plug your stuff. All right. Um, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at E underscore agorist. Um, you can follow our show, me and resonances, the let's make some shit podcast. Um, that is on anchor and Spotify. And you can follow us on Twitter at let's make some S H H. I have an Etsy shop called the Willow's gift where you can find some herbal medicine, custom portraits and some other stuff that i make and check out dag's site agorisacres.com for all your c needs yeah i think that's it i think there's still a code too if you do agora 10 you save 10 percent. all right there you go yep yeah roll right on this was a blast thanks for coming on um i'm gonna go pass out i think but um We'll uh, everybody be excellent to each other, and we will see you all next time. Um, go check out Ray's uh, uh, Twitter and her Etsy shop and her podcast, obviously. And um, Penguin, you got any closing thoughts? No, no. Mm. All right, peace, y'all. All right, ciao. Later. Bye.